And we are back live, except for John. John is not here yet. We'll have to wait for him to come back because he's slacking off. That's what fine. a slacker. Slacking John. But hey, he's funny, so <laughs> yeah, that's, that's why we, we keep, keep him, him around. around. <laughs> yep. Um, which everybody's just coming back in. And actually, they're giving me back trying to set a date for everything. So, welcome, welcome, welcome. All right, guys. Uh, we are actually also streaming live on Facebook. So if you're over there, uh, we're going to try to be able to see your stuff. If not, I'm sorry. I apologize. If we don't see your uh, information, you'll just have to give us a shout out. Give it a little bit better. Um, we're trying to work it. Um, and today, what, what episode are we on, Kathy? 48. 48. We're almost reaching the big five. Oh, holy crap. Holy. Uh-huh. Holy. Just, uh, yeah. Well, we already reached our our one-year mile marker last week. Yep. So, we've been around for a year now. And so, the big five O is only a couple episodes away. Yep. Oh, you know what? While we're waiting for John, we can go and do this. Let's go, girls. We can... You what? clearly can't hear it. Is it a commercial? No. Gonna have it going out. Gonna have this. Gonna scream and shout. Come on, Kathy. You can sing it. And what am I singing? Feel like a woman. I feel like a woman. I me, I could have gotten some lyrics out. I don't even remember it. I can't remember it. Come on, uh, 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 let's try and get it. This? I mean, at least when I did it, I practiced it ahead. No, I totally forgot to. Oh, 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 oh. Right there. We're back. Oh, oh, oh. Got the ambush by a wild banyan. Uh-oh. Well, he bought more donuts because he had more donuts. Donut I saw this. Oh my god. Why do you guys not look closer, Ebanian? It's not fair. I want donuts. Well, the funny thing is, he had one of my donuts and felt bad, so he had to buy more donuts. I'm like, it's okay, dude. I. Oh, <laughs> hey, John, I'm singing Feel Like a Woman. Hey, Casino Reads, thank you for the follow. I'm gonna take the chance to get out on the town. We only wanna dance. We wanna let our hair hang down. I don't know why I'm singing. And a woman, I don't know why, cause it sucks to the fun. Yeah, you are, you are definitely cutting it out. You're just out right now. Uh, uh, uh. I was actually listening on, uh, <laughs> I had jumped into, uh, Facebook to keep the guy in the chat room there, and, uh, I heard it there. Feel the attraction, color my head, do what I want. Okay, I uh, just unmuted uh, uh. it for about a moment. <laughs> now I see what's going on. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why we can't hear it, I feel but like a woman. It's probably okay. I promised. Um, my best pal, Jen, and her husband, 
saw it the other night. They liked it. They both said it was a great summer entertainment movie. Oh, where's my lyrics? <laughs> Thing about being a woman. <laughs> a project to have, have a little fun. <laughs> no, talk over me singing. Uh, going crazy. Okay. Forget I'm a lady. Um, yeah, so yeah, sorry. Men's shirt, short skirts. Um, oh, 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 really go wild, yeah. Getting the action. Machine. Feel the attraction. Tell her my hair, do what I dare. Oh, oh, oh. Want to be free? Yeah, to feel the way I feel. The year after, yeah. I feel like a woman. Absolutely, and I'm down with that. But we, we need to look for a con we can all go to. Can you feel it? Uh, we're probably looking for the next year because my next one is John Con, which is in October. So yeah. I'm flying also because it was John. A woman. And then, so my next one after ReaperCon is GameholeCon. And we're done with that. In Madison, Wisconsin. <laughs> okay, GameholeCon. Uh, yeah, that's a little... But, so, Gonzo, we were saying we need to find a con sometime next year that we can all go to. What? So, let me tell you what GameholeCon <laughs> is. It, it's a very tiny convention. Uh, I'm going to Gen Con. Convention where the people who uh, basically run Gen Con go to play games. Okay. So, like, like the one, the one RPG that I'm actually signed up for. The event I'm signed up for is uh, being run by Peter Atkinson, who owns Gen Con. Fair enough. So it's it, it takes place in his Caldea universe, and I think I mentioned it last weekend. Caldea is his multimedia uh, universe. It's spelled C H. A L D A, like Chaldea, but you pronounce it Chaldea. So. Okay, we got Reese's one song out, so we got to get Reese's other song later. I'll do that next week. Speaking oh, okay. of cool. Reese, I will have your uh, your miniature from the raffle in the mail. No, not, uh, this coming week. Not Reese's, uh, Jonathan's. Um, yeah. Reese, if you're listening, your miniature's being sent out this week. Is what she's saying. Yeah. That was yeah. Reese's song that I promised I would sing because he did pay for it on Patreon. Cool. Yeah, but I haven't um, seen Reese on here yet. Uh, I'm not sure I'm going to Gen Con next year. Gen Con is very pricey, and for that price, I can go to probably two or three other cons. And that seems like a better idea. I mean, I want to go one year, but maybe give me an extra year to make sure things are all financially super good. And then I might be able to do that and some other stuff. But All we'll right. see. If I get if I get my promotion and raise I'm looking at, maybe uh maybe it'll be in the cards. Who knows? So Kathy reminded us that we're on episode forty eight. Yeah. No, forty nine. What are we on? Forty eight, forty nine? I don't remember. I had to sing fucking Shania Twain. I mean I made my nipples yeah, hurt. Like I'll let John be the deciding vote. <laughs> I'll be the deciding vote. What do you think I'm on freaking YouTube, YouTube right now looking, looking at it up. It? Yes, uh, you are. I'm, yes. Because we know you. I totally am. Because uh, <laughs> we know that you have to check my math. Uh, it's hard to tell because of all the ones we that just got dropped 
recently. It's all crazy now. Oh, yeah, since we released everything. Uh, 46 was our anniversary, so this would be 47. Well, I guess I'm wrong. Kathy's wrong. So, to episode 47, um, John, what are you drinking today? Uh, Well, I was finishing off my... uh, my hardcore straight pink lemonade, and then I'm going to have some uh, Dr. Pepper and uh, Fireball and chase that down with some hardcore straight water. Awesome. Kathy, what are you having today? Earl Grey. Hot. Hot Earl Grey. <laughs> and also, um, I have some uh, rum and coke over there. Big surprise for the rum and coke. I am still drinking because I haven't gone to the liquor store and I'm almost out of Maker's Mark. Oh, so, shit. So, Maker's Mark it is for me. Um, guys, thank you for joining us. Uh, we appreciate every single time y'all watch and listen. And we hope you enjoyed all the stuff that we opened up for y'all this last week. Hopefully, it's enough to keep y'all busy for a bit. And to my co host, cheers. Launcha. Hey, hey. Cheers. Sorry, I almost said Ron. Um, Habit forming. Hado. (laughs) Let's go and get this this paint cam on so everybody can watch. What do you watch? This this is how much I went through yesterday during the uh, (laughs) the charity stream. And I also went through. Yeah, but it was a whole day. It was. I was trying to pace myself. Uh, I think I did a good job since I didn't wake up drunk or go to sleep drunk. So, was never Uh, drunk. Anyone Mm. may send me scotch at any time and I would be happy. Just throwing Uh, that out there. Bourbon. Bourbon. Scotch. Bourbon. Scotch. Scotch. Bourbon. One drink ain't enough for me. You better send three. <laughs> scotch. <laughs> I'll go with scotch too. I would go whiskey. Honestly, I'm a whiskey. I'm a. I'm a flavored whiskey guy. I would absolutely accept the Jameson. Mm. Oh, Jameson's good. McCollin 18, or you know, uh, Remy Martin Louis the 13. I'm, well, I'm okay find, with that. Uh-huh. I find that I'm not really a uh, a scotch guy. Stuff uh, Banyan got's pretty pretty okay, but that's the best I've had is okay. I would rather have something different. But I've I've had freaking amazing, and then I've had oh my god, this tastes like an ashtray. Ooh. Yeah, I've had both. I've had <laughs> I've had it taste like an ashtray, but you know I feel like I might have been doing it wrong. So no, there's so many ways to drink alcohol. Some you got to put a little bit of water in just to release the right stuff. Some cold, some not cold, mostly not cold. So I'm with the right amount of ice cube just so it waters it down. I, I don't know if I can out. I did get some new models in that I put together. Oh, cool. And I primed okay. one. Um, he looks like, uh, I'd say he's Infinity, but he's probably not. No, uh, Trevi sent us some advanced copies of uh, some models for Breachstorm. Cool. Yes. Uh, Kathy and I got some advanced models. Uh, this is the plastic one. Um, and then he Pretty sent good us. detail. Yeah. Uh, and then the metal ones, which are the master ones, which have a little bit more detail. Um, but the plastic ones even have some pretty amazing details. Yes, they do. Uh, even you know, the master ones are more of you know the the what we're talking about. Um, and I'll be painting these on stream. I also got one cat. So um, well, they're cats good. Got all the cats. Yeah, I'm sure she got all the cats. Um, <laughs> they're they're good. They're good and solid. Um, the sword was a little bendy rubbery, but not rubber rubber, just because it's thin plastic. Mm-hmm. And honestly, uh, uh, paint will help that a little bit. Yeah. But I mean, not, not bad. 
Um, but good detail. Um, I one day one of the streams once I get a chance after I work on this train more, I will definitely paint up uh, one of these. I already have a paint scheme I'm looking forward to. Sweet, so. awesome. Um, yeah, but for now, I got to try to finish this own. piece tonight. Which thing is that? This is part of the kill team terrain. Yep. Oh, okay. I really like what they're doing with kill team, where they're having uh, battle zones that have their own special rules chart. And when you buy a kill team set, it's got part of that battle zone's terrain in it. Yep. It's a uh, it's a really interesting way to do it. I am. Um, it it does drive the price of the boxes up, but considering you can get the most of the models separately at a cheaper price, uh, it is cool to have this whole box with all this extra stuff in it. And I'll honestly, tell you, go ahead. If if I had enough money, I would buy probably three boxes of just the terrain. Oh, yeah. Because that stuff it's, is amazing. It's good. It's stat. You, you can build it up higher if you want to. In many different ways. Because I, when I was building it, I was looking at it. I was like, oh, you could build this just like the um, way they want you to. But it's so modular that you could build it any way you want. Mm -hmm. And if, you, if you're so inclined, one of the locals actually took it and was cutting up parts and making a uh, scenic base for one of his knights. Yeah, I can see That's that. That's the guy, uh, my buddy Dave, who not, not, not brushhead Dave, but the other Dave who did Another the uh, the not green orcs, and they shall know no green. That Dave. That Dave. <laughs> so, but no, I, I really dig it. Uh, it's on my list of stuff to work on, but I've got fifty billion. Even though I'm running low on models, I would say I still have tons of stuff to work on. Oh yeah. Because then I just go into terrain and I go crazy for forever. Plus. Monkey, the giant Monkey. gorilla with an auto cannon is coming, and Monkey. Yeah, he's a, he's not a monkey, that's for sure. They're all he's monkeys. An he's an ape. I know. A I'm damn sorry. dirty ape. Just like they're all puppers, they're all that's monkeys. The dog, the puppies. Yes, just like they're all puppies or kitties, they're all monkeys. So yesterday, I played in my first Age of Sigmar tournament. You uh, did. I did. What, what army were you playing? I was playing my Sylvaneth, and I was playing um, in the Dread Dread Wargrove uh, army. Uh, I'm going to do a Roland Dice uh, in more detail, but I wanted to talk about the tournament aspect of it. Uh, it was run by a friend of mine, Nick, uh, which he's, uh, he's kind of like my go-to guy for anything that's GW, because he'll buy everything and anything. Um, and he has the spare money to do that, too. Um, oh, I know Nick. Yeah, know he's a hobby streak fanatic. Yeah, that's, that's my boy. That's my boy Nick. Um, and um, he always runs a tournament that's a little bit different. Uh, it's a standard to win. You you know you have to win the entire thing, no big deal. But he always does. <clears throat> Everybody gets a prize when they leave, whether it be like five bucks back on their admission or something. Um, and. Uh, he adds these sheets of paper to the tournament and you can't possibly win anything really big on these things. It's more raffle tickets to earn more door prizes is the best way to put it. So you like one of them was roll double ones on a charge. You get that. You tick that little box off that gives you an extra, an extra ticket for a door prize. 
um, and stuff like that, which is really good because it's really fun because it's stuff that anybody can win and you don't have to be a good player to get these extra tickets. Um, but as a tournament, I noticed that when, when I was playing the game and when I was setting up that you pretty much want to go first again. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, and some people were like, well, I don't want to because I have a shooting army. I'm like, okay. So if anybody knows the Dreadwood list from Sylvaneth, uh, you roll on this chart at the beginning of the game. On a 1 to 2, you get one ability. 3, 4, you get 2. And 5, 6, you get all three abilities. Uh, one of the abilities is uh, three of your units in the army gets to make a free move. Cool. Gets me up the board faster. Um, second uh, ability is all shooting spells and any abilities are at minus two inches or 12 inches or a maximum of 12 inches, I should say. Uh, and that's pretty horseshit. Yeah. And then the last one, you have to reposition a unit in your army uh, anywhere on the board up to six inches away from an enemy model. So, it can be pretty devastating going first. And the thing is, is I always guarantee that I go first because I have only one battalion and I drop everything at once. My entire army deploys right then and there. Oh, does it? Yeah, that you're guaranteed first turn. Yes. Um, it, it is another interesting rule, let's say, that I may be not the biggest fan of for Age of Sigmar, but yeah. it's not necessarily bad. It's just weird. It's different. Um, but uh, it, it ran really smooth. Um, the tournament, it's um, it's kind of weird playing a tournament game where there's no time turns, no desk clock, but there is a clock for the round. Um, no insta-win condition. Um, no, I get 10 points, I automatically win. Yeah, uh, keep going. The only thing you can win automatically, I think, is if you table your opponent. But yeah. a lot of the newer scenarios are removing that from some of their games. Uh, there was one scenario where if you controlled both objectives, uh, you win. And that was the only one. But you had to win it by turn. You, you couldn't do it until turn three. Okay. Um, and um, I don't think I ever got past turn three on most of my games. Uh, because both players, we played at the same time. Of course, I got to move all my stuff and shoot all my stuff and do all my spells first. But when it came to hand to hand, we both were playing. Um, That's cool. Because so it was. Excuse me. Well, because the way the combat is done is you make your charges. I get to choose one unit. That unit gets to attack. And then my opponent can choose any unit he wants that's tied up in hand to hand to attack. So it doesn't have to be who, you know, who I just attacked. It could be anybody. Yeah. And unlike 40K, it's not like the Chargers all go first, and then you go to the non-Chargers. It's everyone at once. And that's... Yeah. I really like that part of it. That part is hmm. very cool. Um, there were plenty of awesome things that happened just because of one die roll. Um, and I'm not, I'm not going to go into great detail because I know that we want to... I want to save this for... Because I want to talk about all the all the games. Um... Um, what else? There was some really cool models. Uh, I played against some armies I'd never got to play against. I got to play against Night Haunt, um, uh, Chaos, and then I can't remember what the last, first one was. I have to my head right now. I have pictures of it. <laughs> I'll remember when I look at the pictures. Um, but I mean, it was interesting. I'm so used to you know doing tournaments for our you know War Machine and Hordes that you know it could be over in one turn, 
and be done with and, you know, not having to worry about it. It was really interesting to not have to worry too much about, whoops, I made one fatal mistake and the game's over. Oh, oh sure. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was really cool. Uh, a lot of fun. Uh, I want to play some more. I even redid my list. I changed it up. Um, to Zinch. Yes, it was. Thanks, you, Congo. It was a Tzinch army. Um, or Zinch, as Zinch. some of us say. Yeah. Tiznet. Uh, like Tiznet. So many. Everybody says it different. I say Zinch. Yeah. It's, it's Zinch. But yeah. I call it Tiznet because that's me being silly. Me being silly. That's okay. You um, call them Tayu. Tayu. You play the Tayu. There was definitely a bunch of different armies, but there were a lot of Sigmar uh, armies out there. Um, saw some really cool stuff. Uh, had a good time. Um, everything was kind of quick and easy when you were playing. Didn't have to worry about it. It was neat to see all the, oh, you do that? Well, shit, go ahead. Um. <laughs> it, it, it is something great to be said about playing a, a game that's just simple. Well, you know what's funny about the whole thing is I'm sitting there and, you know, I'm playing the game and I don't remember 40k like that. When I played in my 40k tournament, it was over before I even got to play most of the time. Yeah, 40k can be degenerate like that in a tournament setting. Yeah, and it was like, oh, I'm playing in 40k and I lost before I even before the game even started because he has a before the game thing, and it wrecked my entire army before I even knew what happened. That or is he went the first turn. Mechanic. He... I'm sorry, John. What was that? Or, or they get first turn and they just have so much long range firepower. You're just like, and time to take it in the face. Yes. That was me against Tau every time back in uh, fifth edition. That was sort of their thing, long range. Yeah, and so it was. It was an issue. Um, in 40k, this one I didn't feel that I was I was prepared for that, thinking you know things things gonna happen, uh, but it didn't. So I was happy. Uh, all my opponents were really good to play against. Uh, uh, scenario wise, I'll talk about that on the the dice, uh, rolling dice. Uh, but it was a lot of fun. I had a good time. I could see myself playing it some more, um, tournament wise, going to a, a bunch of more tournaments, which I really oh. need to get my models painted. Yes. Well, I, I told you I've got uh, my my source uh, who's selling all my stuff on eBay, picking me up uh, one of the two player starter set uh, boxes with the full rule book and everything, uh, as soon as he can. So yeah. <laughs> I'm interested in giving it a chance. Grantalia, oh, thank you for the follow. Sorry. Yeah, Rogue Trader's different. That's for Kill Team. I will be picking that up myself when it comes out because the goodest dog ever. Grantalia, yes. Thank you very much. Yep. Thank you. Hey, I had to look closely at that. Yeah, I did too when I saw it go by. Thank you so much. But I mean, I actually had a really good time. I I liked it. It was a lot of fun. Uh, I will definitely go to another tournament. Unlike my 40K stuff, I don't think I'll ever do a 40K tournament uh, for Age of Sigmar. I think I probably will. I would only do it if they asked me, like, hey, John, we just want to fill out some people. It's for a good cause or something. Sure. Yeah. For a good cause, I'll do anything. If you want me to play this competitively, you are knucking futz. I mean, I, if I've got the weekend free and I, you know, got nothing going on, sure, I'll, I'll put some big knights on the table and I will blow stuff up with the best of them. <laughs> but that's, that's what I'm looking forward to. Yeah. 
but I mean, overall, it was a good time. Uh, I'll, I'll do. I'm going to do a rolling dice on it, so see how it. Uh, so I can talk about all the um, different fights because I had three games. Yep, and we've got a 40k, another 40k, one of my 40k battles coming up on rolling dice here uh, this week, probably. Cool. Yep. And so we'll be doing that. Soon. And then I got another one to record because uh, I had an Armada game today. What? I will, in a few weeks, have a review of ReaperCon, and then after that convention is over, then Jim and I will probably be doing regular games at the uh, the Grognard Games, the cool. store that's uh, as local as we could find. Honestly, forty-five minute drive is is it's relatively local. I mean, it it is not bad for. For if we get there early, we can pretty much camp out all day, play a game, and paint miniatures, you know, and just make a day of it. Yeah. Because honestly, aside from the, uh, aside from games and stuff, which is, you know, about 15 minutes away, the rest of the stores in the area are getting on about that 40, 40 minutes away to get to. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, aside so from the Warhammer store, that's like 10 minutes, but... 40 to 45 minutes is is within our uh, our range. All the other ones seem like they were about an hour away. So we're like, oh, this one's closer than we thought. You know, they're they're friendly. When we went in, there were already people there that we knew from bunker days. Uh, that makes it better. So it? yeah. So we're like, oh, well, that's cool. And then some guy was came in and he was like, oh yeah. Uh, yeah, I really like your painting. Uh, I, I'm a fan. I'm, I'm like, I didn't... Okay, thanks, cool. I didn't know I had, you know, fans. You have, my my regular 40k opponent knows who you are. He's the one who let me know that you right. were a Golden Demon winning painter. I'm like, oh, she's just a really good painter. It was cool. I, I didn't know. That. Yeah. Um, and I both have a, a shelf dedicated to that stuff. What what did they say when you asked if you could go in and film and do a, a Facebook Live? Did they say anything, or did you just go in and just do it? Did I ask? <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, it was only like three minutes of, look, here's the storefront. Look, here's some people playing. Look, here's the, the counter where they sell the cards. You know, look at all of these amazing gaming tables for tabletop war games. <laughs> And they had their Titanicus display right at the beginning. Um, so the reason I went there to begin with is because I had them holding uh, some uh, the Age of Sigmar Champions card game uh-huh. for me. So because I still needed the... Uh, I had gotten the two factions at Gen Con, or the alliances. and But I didn't get the other two alliances, so I... I wanted both of those and then pick up a few more boosters or a whole box if they would sell it to me, but they wouldn't. And I totally understood that because they only got two boxes. Oh, yeah. You know? I appreciate so, when a store will do that. Uh, as uh, someone who ran a store through the beginning of the Pokemon card game, it is difficult, but sometimes you just got to make sure you can spread it around. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, and I, and I was like, I understand if you can't sell me an entire box. I'm fine with that. That's so. But it's funny because after I bought my stuff, a couple of guys came in and they were looking at it, you know, and they're like, "Uh, should I get the, you know, the uh, Alliance starter box?" I come up and I'm like, "Yes, you should, because you'll regret it later if you don't." <laughs> and 
So they did. And just a couple hours later, somebody walked in asking for one, and they were already out. They were already out of them, and I had only been there for maybe two or three hours at that point. Stores love it when you do that, when you're doing the selling for them. It makes it so much (laughs) easier, and it's like, I don't have to do it now. They got a customer saying it. It means much more that way. I'm like, I want a community. But you know what's funny is the very first person who joined my uh, Facebook group I made just for the card game uh, Mm -hmm. in the Chicagoland area was somebody who plays at Grognard's at that same game store. Awesome. So, yeah. Yeah, just make sure that you and you and that person spread it around. Eventually you'll get the hits and people start looking for you and you'll get all the people. It's a brand new game that's just barely had a wide release. So Yeah, that's why I figured if I jumped on it, I could just start that group up and, you know. There you go. Like, like we say all the time, that's what you got to do sometimes. You really like a game. You you be the champion for it and you'll your excitement will bring people in and get them playing. Yeah, I, uh, I I sent out a link to that with a little message to a bunch of different of the the local game stores that are still a little too far away from me, but it's still within the Chicago land area, you know. So and I'm like, I just want I just want people to know that there's a group out there where people can come and find other people in the area and arrange games and maybe trade cards and you Jojo know a little bit. Yeah, post some uh, some of the organized play events that different game stores are running. That piece is done. Look how pretty. Yeah. Look Looks how really good. Painting and all that red and the blue and everything. And that's- it, it's it's a good note that that I find as a amateur, very amateur and infrequent painter. A little bit of color, like the wires and all, make all the difference. Difference it does. Like that. Yes. I had painted some of uh, the orc zap guns, just the artillery pieces, and I literally sprayed them and did, did all metallic and then dry brush and all that. And I'm like, paint some wires, a couple little different things here, and I put them down. And I was like, oh, so great! I'm like, it's barely three colors. They're like, that's great! I'm like, yeah. All right, thanks. Man. It just makes it pop. Yeah. Yeah. It makes it look like a thing. Like, oh, yeah, it's metallic because it's a weapon, so that's cool. And then he put some details here and there. Awesome. Yep. So. All right. Where's my good old Nolo? Um, so let's see, what else did we do this week, guys? Because we said this was going to be a hodgepodge. Um, this is a hodgepodge, yeah. Because uh, we're just going crazy with it. Oh, I played Bolt Action. I played oh, yeah. my first real game of Bolt Action at Grognards. Uh, since I was going there to pick up my cards, uh, Jim brought all his Bolt Action stuff, and when we got there, we set everything up on one of their many game tables. And... Uh, and you know, he you know he already had a pre-made list. I so I didn't have to figure out my list. Uh, but I was Germans. He was French. That's that French is his favorite. That's his baby. Um, and I'm like, I'll play the Germans. I don't care which one, whichever. It doesn't matter. Okay. Uh, and he, of course, Jim brought all his own terrain. Uh, so we had we had a couple of. Uh, tubs full of uh, buildings and stuff. Um, I think next time he might actually bring the forest tree kind of stuff and maybe a river and some roads too because he's nuts that way. Uh, so <laughs> Crazy like you read about. Yeah, pretty much. Um, it, was, it was interesting. Now our game was like three hours long 
and because I was learning. So I had questions. I had things that I didn't understand that he had to explain. There were things that he had to keep reminding me of because I kept forgetting. You are a noob. Um, I'm a noob. And I guess the guy who, who I played with once before didn't really know the rules that well. So there were some misconceptions that I had going into it. Uh, so when I was expecting one thing and Jim's like, no, this is really what happens. Uh, and of course it was, you know, out, not in my favor. <laughs> uh, it was, it was a little disappointing, but it was, you know, it was all, it was a learning game. So, and the next game is also going to be a learning game, but at least I know that I don't know as much as I thought I did. <laughs> knowing you don't know is the first step to actually knowing. Yeah, yeah. So I have a long ways to go, which is fine. Uh, but I'm looking forward to it because I do like that game. I like the mechanics of it. Um, and and it's, it's really more about maneuvering than anything else. Like, the whole time, because they have these missions. It's not just who Shoot kills the kill. most guys. Yeah, and that and I really like that. I like having all these missions that aren't just here's three objectives, whoever captures the most wins. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, it's a little more in depth, and so you're just you're the whole time you're just maneuvering for, you know, for position. Mm-hmm. Which That's, which is interesting. I like that because a lot of games aren't as big on that. Like, honestly, positioning is really important in most games and more important in some games than people think, but I like it when the game emphasizes it. That's sort of what we all used to love about Warhammer Fantasy. Yeah, Because as yeah. you know about Fantasy, it was all about the movement phase. That was the most exactly. important. Exactly, yeah. And this is still, you know, with that dice, you know, you draw the dice mechanic to see mm-hmm. whose unit goes first. You're, uh, it's not, I move all my stuff and then you move all your stuff. So, like... <laughs> In this last game, for when we were drawing for deployment, because you also draw for each unit for deployment, I drew almost all of Jim's dice. And you're drawing, like, blind, you know? You mm-hmm. don't know. I drew almost all of Jim's dice before we got to any of my dice. It was, it was way against the odds. Way against the odds. That's called an ambush. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, waiting oh. for you. Yeah, I get to see where all your stuff is so I can respond with all my deployment. But we were playing where you had a bunch of stuff you were holding in reserve, too. So if you elected to have this unit in reserve, well, you know, I still am not going to know where he's going to bring it in. But he has to roll, you know, to bring it in. He has to roll, like, below his leadership in order to, uh, to move the unit in, you know, on his turn. So, but I, I enjoyed it. It was long. It was really long, and it was many hours of standing. So at the end, my feet hurt and my back hurt, and I was like, okay, I need a stool the next time that, that I'm doing this, and also my comfortable shoes. Oh yeah, comfortable shoes are important. <laughs> so yeah, I need to strategize my uh, my wardrobe for the next time we're playing. But that was yeah. That and my uh, my learning all that I can about the uh, the new Warhammer Age of Sigmar Champions card game has has kind of been my 
my hobby stuff that is not painting. So that's kind of been my world. What? You paint miniatures? And I also paint miniatures. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny is, um, going back to my Age of Sigmar, I brought our, you know, that tournament tracker, and we kind of discussed this a little bit between us uh, and stuff. Uh, I brought an extra tournament tracker for someone to use during the tournament, and I brought dials, you know, because I have models that have multi wounds uh, in my army, and I was letting opponents just use them because they were just using dice to sit next to the model of how many wounds they've taken or oh, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And I let them use that, and they were like, "This stuff is really cool. This is what we need." And it never occurred to me that using that stuff with Age of Sigmar. Because I'm so used to it, just everything dying. Uh, you know, <laughs> and, and you don't need a model for that. So it was really interesting whenever um, someone used the tournament tracker. I had a friend of mine that I'd known, and he's he does tournaments a lot with Age of Sigmar, and he used the tournament tracker, and he was like, "Shit, this helps me remember everything." Uh, I didn't have to worry about the rounds, didn't have to worry about control points or accidentally picking up a dice or, you know, any of that information. And, you know, we take, I, I think we take a lot of that for granted as, you know, War Machine Hordes players because we're so used to that. Yeah, we're used to having the, as we like to say, accoutrement to it. And, yeah. and GW stuff, that's one of their untapped potentials. Like uh, like my guard player buddy, he he's like, I do this order, this order, and this order. And we have to remember them because he doesn't mark them down or anything. Jim made a whole ton of markers back when he was running his uh, <coughs> his Grey Knights and Inquisition stuff back in uh, like fifth edition, forty uh, k, and uh, he just went into Photoshop hey, and made all these counters for for all the stuff that he needed so that he could remind himself, and he would just put that stuff down, and he had counters for when vehicles were, you know, the various stages of uh, damage. And oh yeah, everything. one guy. One guy did that like years ago, and he's like, "Oh, you're playing in this campaign here. Have this laminated sheet so you can cut out and have all the tokens." You know, I'm like, "This is the most awesome thing ever." Yeah. I still have those tokens because they're useful. Yeah. Well, yeah. they were. I mean, the vehicle damage ones aren't so useful anymore. Well, but hey. right, but still, they have other things that would be uh, useful now. It, it was just. It just reminded me that, you know, well, we do. You know, a lot of people bitch and complain about you know War Machine and Hordes having so many tokens. And, you know, having to keep track of a bunch of stuff. Do you have that for all the other games? It's just you use it a different way. Or you just try and memorize it when yeah. really you shouldn't. Because having the token there means I know, oh, you definitely remembered to use your lantern and give yourself this. You succeeded on your magic weapons roll on, like, the last couple turns. Yeah. Uh, so we can remember that. And just putting a die there is okay. But if you're going to put a marker on the table and clutter it up, you might as well make it a marker that leaves no doubt as to what it is. What it's for. Even if you just buy bases and paint on the bases like what this is. Correct. I can we, see that. Like, this is this order is, you know, uh, you know, attach bayonets, you know, this one is, you know, whatever the reroll misses one is called, take aim. Yeah. You know, this is, you know, first rank, second rank. You can put little tokens out for that so we remember that you did them so we're not trying to guess what you did. Remember to do orders. Because in a friendly game, you're going to let someone go back and do stuff like that. Yeah. You know what, what, what everybody thought was the coolest thing that I brought was? And I thought it was just kind of interesting because I didn't think it would be usable. But, you know, of course, in, besides myself, um, the uh, objectives, you know, because you have objectives in 
Yes. The Sigmar. Yeah, sorry. I'm trying to paint this and talk. I'm sorry. Uh, and uh, I'm sitting there, and I decided to bring out the flags and put the flags as the objectives markers yep. and everything. And the glare, there's like, man, I can see that from across the table. And I don't have to worry about where it is or, you know, how much or whatever. I can see that. I like that. Where can I get those? And I'm like, uh, sorry, not right now. <laughs> you know, yeah, wait for it. That, yeah. That was always something uh, that Jim did with his armies is he always included a few objective marker miniatures as part of his army board and everything just in case while he was playing a tournament there were scenarios that required objectives and uh -huh. he would be able to put those down and they could use those. Well, yeah, honestly, I'm thinking like if you get flags where on the that are that stand up pretty well and you can take out of the base, and then you got numbers on the base because you can stand on the objectives because there's a point on the table in, in 40k. Mm -hmm. You could just pull it off, have models standing on it, move off, put the flag back there. Well, it, it, it's it, and what's funny is the, my whole thing about at the end of this was looking at it, going, "This is stuff I'm used to and normally do in War Machine and Hordes." You know, having objective markers and having, you know, all the stuff and everything ready and going to an Age of Sigmar and they're like, oh, I didn't know this stuff exists. This is much better than using <laughs> a dice or this well, is much better than blah, blah, blah. Remember, all these extra tokens are the anti-casual and GW is supposed to be casual, even though people don't realize they're not really. They're just cool things to have. Yeah. If you make yeah, them up, US. if you make they have, uh, it's it's all tournament scene in the U.S. And those people uh, should be having all this stuff so that you can tell um, because you don't want to be left in that position. Like, I didn't hear you say that unit got that order. What do you do? You call the judge over. He said, she said. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and measuring sticks? Because I, you know, I just measured out for, you know, the long ranges, you know, the 30 inches with the tape measure. But like for movement, they were like, that's pretty cool i don't have to worry about bending the tape measure down or oh, around geez, how do they not have uh, measuring so I, sticks like I, that i'm gonna disagree and then i don't like measuring sticks that is when you're getting too much accoutrement to make it work with the exceptions of like the uh, idaho's and the oklahoma's that have multiples on one key where you're like okay i get the, a bunch oh, the of ones where it's like six inches on this side yeah, one inch six, here four, two inches two, here yeah yeah. Th yeah those are fine but like the actual measuring sticks that's a step too far because that's you're not you can't be that precise in a game because you're not no no it. and what most people did is they just kind of held it and hovered it over the model like oh i need to check this if it, see if it's in you know eight inches yeah. and they would just hover it over yep no problem and, and no one was super uh, the, the plastic measuring sticks that come with uh with the game no these so are the ones that i was that using the come with 40k no no not 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 the uh not the whippy sticks nothing oh yeah that, that I will kick your ass if you hit me with those. <laughs> That's going to go in a place where the force don't shine. You keep it up. Yeah. Now he's talking the actual measuring sticks for War Machine that look very cool, but I feel like they're a step too far for a game that's not as precise. Yeah. Uh huh. And most people used, um, oh, I'm just, I can just put this over the top of it and see yes. that this model is within six inches without having to pull a tape measure and, you know, doing that. Well, like I said, I love the Oklahoma and the Idaho because you get so many measurements out of just that one tool yeah mm -hmm. those but, two together you've got everything up to six inches outside of six inches honestly a tape measure is probably fine yeah the eight inch one having the eight inch one in addition like because you know that you have a lot of eight inch stuff that'd be cool but then after that just 
switch to a tape measure. Yeah. yeah. It was just interesting yeah. to yeah. to do that because I'm so used to, you know, having so many freaking tools and tricks and things to use while I play in a tournament. And they were like, man, I need to bring my tape measure out. Got to bend it. I'm like, here, just use this little stick. No, no. <laughs> do you, so one thing I do say is like, I twitch whenever they bend a the tape measure. Yeah. Like, no, no, don't. Measure this far, then stop, then move the rest. He's like, yeah. you can do that? <laughs> uh, yeah. Yes. Yes, you can do that. In fact, if you bend the tape measure, you are alternatively, sometimes you're screwing yourself, and yeah. sometimes you're screwing me. Or measuring yeah. down. Yeah, measuring down. Like, if yeah. you, don't, you don't touch it straight, just go. Yeah. But it There's was, a lot of tools that can be useful. And, and yeah. you know, like, if you have, I have, like, all these guys of 8-inch auras. Well, yeah, get the 8-inch measuring stick because you're using it for a ton of guys. Yeah. But it was just interesting from a tournament aspect of I'm used to having all of these tools, and they're freaking out by me using these tools going, wow, that's cool. That works really, really well. I'm that so does surprised new. that they didn't all have, like, like at Adepticon, everybody seems to have uh, well, all their crazy, you know. Local tournament versus Adepticon. Adepticon's the real deal. Yeah. But you know what's funny? Because I always think of it as a local tournament, which is weird. I guess it's different now than it used to be a, mi a million years ago. So. Back in the day. Back in the day, we had to color in our dice so Come we could on. see the numbers. I remember when the first <laughs> Adepticon happened, so, so I'm there with you. I remember when I had to use a crown to color in my numbers on the pits. Oh, dude, I still want to color in my numbers on, uh, so the guy next to me at D&D, &D, you know, can't read his dice. I'm like, you know, the paint is chipping out of them because they're cheap, I guess. He's like, or they old. weren't cheap, though. They weren't cheap. It's just the paint kind of, like, flakes out. Then and they're like, bad, you know, or they're old. It, it's, they're shitty. It's just shitty. Don't don't, don't try to sugarcoat like, it. You know you could fix that with crayon, like in the olden days, and you should know because you're like seventy eight. <laughs> Deal. Chunk as that knife. I love that. I love Jack. Jack is like my most favorite uh, D and D companion. Um, does he, does he, he still have the D twenties that are the D twenties are actually tens that are one to ten, one to ten? Yes, yes, he does. I remember those where they, they had, I'm like, why is it 1 to 10, 1 to 10? Then you have to color one in in case you need the 20 so you know that that's the actual 10 plus that. And he's been playing the competitive D&D &D at Gen Con since, like, the beginning of Gen Con. Yikes. So, yeah. That he's, sounds like, like, he's super old school. I can break those dice out of my buddies. They, their minds would blow. I have these double six dice that are 12-sided, but they are 1 to 6, 1 to 6 with pips. I just roll them for six. I was like, wait, you can't roll 12-sided. I'm like... They're one to six, one to six. And most of my like, yeah, that's cool. Most of my like, that doesn't work. I'm like, no, no, it works. It kind of does, yeah. Yeah. And one of the guys is like, no, they're they're broken. They roll too good. Then the last time I played, he's like, maybe they're not too good. That was some horrific rolling. I'm like, they're, they're dice. You just blew Banyan's mind. Dice go hold. hold. Com competitive bet D&D. Banyan, you can do anything competitively. Yes, there is a competitive D&D &D scene. I don't know how because there, there, it was it was kind of explained to me as so everybody so there's all these guys who are rules judge well guys gals right and each rules judge is at a table and each table has a team of uh, well basically a D&D &D party you know your group that you're going to be adventuring with 
And so each table is run through the exact same adventure. And you score points based on the things that you do and how many people survive, etc., etc. That's... They called it D&D before they called it Pathfinder. <laughs> is it all the same? Everyone running through the same adventure? Well, pre yeah. Adventure? Okay. So, so I can see that you have a set benchmark, and you're all trying to get better yourselves against that benchmark. It's like exactly. it's like running then, an obstacle course. And then Pathfinder stole that idea. Wow. Well, I mean, honestly, it expanded on it. They expanded on that idea. Other than <laughs> other than other than that way you said it. I mean, if you say you're playing competitive D and D in any other way, you're wrong because D and D should not be competitive. Right. Like, that was not. that's exactly how it is, and it made sense to me. And I'm like, oh well, yeah. Let's see how people who would be really into that but it's funny because he brings that to our D&D games where he's like there's certain times where he gets impatient and he's like Table come on come on come on because it's time at the, oh in the competition thing it's timed like you have a certain amount of time to get through this whole adventure so, role playing shut the fuck up yeah yeah it's, it's, <laughs> go it's play amazing. descent play descent oh which God, speaking about role playing John, what are we going to be doing so soon? Reviewing Genesis? Yeah. Uh, guys, you're going to be seeing a review from John and I and Jackie on the new Genesis system from Fantasy Flight. Um, and also the first fantasy system for it. Uh, we'll be doing a review of that um, and stuff. And if you're not listening to the um, Dawn of the Harbinger one, you should. Because I kind of screwed the players over again last night or Wednesday yeah. night. <laughs> and if you're going to listen to the Adventure of Sewer Bear, you definitely should because we have shenanigans and fuckery every two weeks. <laughs> and sometimes actual game progress. <laughs> Mostly shenanigans and fuckery. Which we did, uh, I don't remember if anybody says in the poll, they want to see more RPG stuff from us. So we got to do more RPG stuff, guys. Yeah, well, I'm working with some uh, locals on, uh, I told you, one of my uh, co-workers does D&D, and he, they're considering when they finish this current uh, adventure of recording theirs also, so we'll see if we can get them on the network. And then I'm actually working on an every other Friday game with some people I see to see who's available, see what they're interested in, see what we can do. So, you know, we're, we're working on it. You guys say what you want, we'll, we'll work on it, and we're going to try and get more games. Um... I'm gonna try and pay a little more attention to the deal of the days from uh, deal of the day from Drive Through RPG, and if something, if you guys see something that comes up, if you guys can give us enough notice, maybe we can pick it up and review it. I mean, most of those are pretty cheap. I'm gonna throw some some sweet PayPal money at that and, and read some games. Uh, I of course tend towards uh, sci-fi and superhero, more superhero, but obviously I'll take a look at fantasy. Though I think Gonzo's probably more a fantasy guy. Uh, I like more fantasy stuff because it's just more my wheelhouse, but I do, I'm real picky on my sci-fi. I'm less picky. Uh, I actually have an idea for a, a, a sci-fi game that basically takes as many shitty 80s sci-fi movies as all and just steals the fucking story from it, and that's your adventure. Because there's so, so many just, bloom, do this, yeah, movie's over. What will you do afterwards? Well, you go to the next movie. Oh, hey, John. Do you remember the RPG Fading Sun? Oh, yes. Uh, I do. I wish I'd gotten I, into it more. I really enjoyed that one. I only got to play it a few times, but I felt like it was... 
it was almost like cyberpunk in space. Yeah, yeah, it felt a little bit like that. Uh, the sad story is, Kathy, that I haven't been able to consistently role play, uh, you know, more than just like a session or a, an adventure here or there in twenty years. Yeah, I haven't played it since the nineties. So yeah, I'm, I'm in any role playing game. I've done like only a handful of things in the last twenty years because I'm using the one run of it. Yeah, and, I see, that's at me. Yeah, it is what it is. But you know, I would love to play and stuff, but I just chance. They uh, did do a revised edition of Fading Suns recently, I believe. Well, interesting. I think I did uh, read that somewhere. I'm also interested in Starfinder. Uh, obviously, Genesis sold some interest to me as potential sci-fi, non-Star Wars branding. Yep. Um, obviously, I could run Hero System for anything in the universe. Uh, hell, I already have Star Wars... Uh, not Star Wars, I actually have a little bit of Star Wars stuff. I have... An entire Robotech conversion, you know, all this mecha built up for that in the game. Like, you, there's some games out there you could do whatever you want to with, you know. GURPS is called the Generic Universal Role-Playing System for a, for a reason. You could do anything with it. I'm not the super hugest fan of it, but you can do everything. And it is less crunchy most of the time than, uh, than the Hero System is. Yeah. So... Let's be honest, the Hero System has an unfair reputation of being crunchy. It's just the character building that's crunchy. After that, the rules are pretty pretty solid. Yeah. And and the character building is not that bad once you get used to it. Plus they have a, one of the greatest on one of the greatest computer uh, character builders you can get. With honestly the most top notch technical support I've ever seen. The guy who does that, Dan Simon, is great. He like literally I'm like doing stuff like I'm trying to do this thing. And it keeps coming out wrong. And he and his buddy, uh, <clears throat> I think RJ, who work on this stuff, like found out the problem in the coding and like, oh, it's this and this. And keep an eye out for this when you're working on stuff like this. And I'm like, this is the greatest. <laughs> Who they paying you guys is not enough. Probably not enough. So, but yeah, we're definitely looking at doing more role playing stuff when we can. Yeah, getting people to role play, you know, that's kind of the issue. Yep, and reviewing also, stuff. Kickstarter. If you guys see a Kickstarter come out for a game that you're interested in, let us know. We'll try and we'll either pester them to see if they have a you know media review copy because we are technically media, or just put in and get a PDF copy to review. Yep. Any game, just make sure you let us know. If you let us know, help us. Just a link. Help you. Hit us on Facebook. Hit us on Gmail. More than nice a podcast. A period between each word. Um, on gmail.com. Find us on Twitter. Facebook is easy. Facebook. Twitter's also really easy. Yeah. So, there you go. What time is it, by the way? I'm sitting here just scrubbing away. 8.53, getting close to time for us to talk about a movie. Ah, I actually have three. I have three things to talk about. Our big one and then two small ones. I have two things to talk about because I didn't have to use the other one uh, yesterday. Because we just talked about movies that came out in the year since we last did Pity with Mouth John. Ah, right on. I almost watched uh, Deadpool 2 yesterday, but uh, didn't, as it turned out. So I don't (laughs) have that to talk about. Why not? (laughs) So Jim and Roy were watching war documentaries, um, because, you know, that's what you do, and I was falling asleep on the couch. (laughs) So we never did get around to, to watching Deadpool 2. See, they're supposed to start with Deadpool Tool, then go on to, and then go on to the war documentaries. Yes. 
That seems like it would be a natural progression for me, but no. Until until they failed. It's the thing. Everyone is interested in this thing, so we do this, then less people, so we do this next. That's that's how you do things. (laughs) You you would think. Well, we got home from running errands, me and Jen, and the guys were already watching their war documentaries, and then we went to get food for them. Um... And when we got back, they were still watching them. And while we were eating, they were still watching them. Oh. And then I had sort of food coma because after being on a low-carb diet, I had an Italian beef sandwich, uh, which Chicago is famous for. And there is lots of beef, and there is big old bun, and I was sleepy after that. Which is fair. Um, speaking of which, speaking of food, I actually want to give a shout out to my boy Noren, who's on uh, the image of Zero Bear and Banian for uh, keeping me fed yesterday. Oh, for the, the all day walking yes. in, delivering stuff for you? Literally, Noren came in from the local barbecue joint with food. I was going to have him sit down and talk, but uh, you know, the guys were like, hey, but that was the middle of the chickens in the uh, mist, the RPG. So he sat here and read Kill Team and then chuckled and gave me worried looks as I responded to the roleplay game. And then later, uh, Banyan made sure I had uh, some dinner, too. So, super cool. Awesome. <laughs> uh, I think... Oh, well, let's go ahead and go to the media section, because we have one big thing, and we're all going to be talking about it for That's a lot longer than normal. Just, let's just go to the media section. Yeah, yep. let's go to the media yeah. section. Media section. Media section. Media section. Back. It was a little bit frightening. All right, so we're gonna hold off on our last one, which is everybody's doing. We're gonna be doing a review of Ready Player One. Uh, Sorry, this is going to be spoilers, so just get ready for it. Um, I've already spoiled (laughs) the Sixth Sense already. Um, I have two things I can talk about. Um, One was a rewatch, and one something's new. I have one. It's technically a rewatch, but does it count if I haven't seen it in like 30 years? Yes, it's still considered a rewatch, but... Ooh, I'm curious. But it's still don't, something you should review. Don't be that curious. Mm. Oh. Uh, if it's 30 years old, there's a chance I may have seen it. I hope not. I mean, maybe. Couldn't be worse than War of the Gargantuans. I've seen more of the gargantuans, but I'm thinking it's got a chip in a chair. Mm. <laughs> Fair enough. So, who wants to start? I can go first on one of them. On on, sure. on one of mine. I rewatched. Uh, I was sitting there putting together models. I had to put together a ton of models for the Age of Sigmar stuff. I had to put together 30 Spike Revenants. And so I was like, uh, let's watch something. And I flipped on Netflix, and Constantine was there. Which you know, I'm a, I I liked Constantine the comic. Uh, I like uh, I like the TV show, and I, of course I saw this before the TV show. And of course I'm a huge Keanu Reeves fan, and I, and I watched it. I didn't get many models put together. <laughs> <laughs> um, I still like it after all these years. I still like it. Um, I can't remember the guy that played Satan, but he's he did a really good job. I really liked him in there. Uh, the Russian guy. Um. It's still a good show. Um, special effects are showing itself a bit now um, with what's going on, but it's still creepy. It's still got a few things going on with it. They're just like, that's not cool. Um, 
but I really like it still. Uh, I could sit here and watch it again right now if I wanted to. Um, it's Satan. <laughs> Uh, but I mean, it was oh, a, Peter Stormare, of course, yeah. Peter Stormare. I know who that is. Everyone knows who that is. Everybody knows who that is. Um, oh, yeah. But it was so funny because I'm watching it, and who who's the other actors in there, John? Oh, hold on, I just clicked on Peter Stormare's filmography. Yeah. Uh, obviously, you got uh, Rachel Wise, Keanu Reeves, mm-hmm. the Beef, the Beef, Mancha, Homo, Hansu, Shia LaBeouf. Oh, beef. yeah, that's what was trying to trip me out for a second. Because he was so young in that. Yeah. And it was so like funny. seeing him in freaking uh, the second Charlie's Angels movie? Yeah. I mean, uh, it, was, it was just interesting. I went, wait, that shot. I was like... Gavin Rossdale, isn't he the lead singer of fucking Bush or some such shit? <laughs> no clue. But Maybe I mean, not. it was still a good movie. Fuck, he is. <laughs> he is actually just a singer. <laughs> I was making a joke. I, I I had a blast still watching it. Uh, it has good scenes in it. I, I love Keanu Reeves in it. He's still got that, you know, screwed up part of him. And it's still... And the uh, person that plays uh, Gabriel. Fuck, he actually is the lead singer of Bush. Um, what's her name? Uh, Gabriel. Oh, you mean Tilda Swinton. Tilda Swinton, yeah. She was really good in it, too. Uh, I liked her in that. I, I think the whole cast was really good. It was a lot of fun. I had a blast with it. Um, I can only give it like maybe one space herpes because the special effects are starting to show itself in the time. But it's thirteen years old. So yeah, that's what I say. It's like I said, you can't complain about it really. Uh, I've never says, seen it, but really, you would probably like it. I had a good time. It was fun. When it uh, came out, it had a lot of bad press in the comic community because it's nothing like the comic book it's yeah. supposed to be based off. of. Um, and people threw it out there. It's like Catwoman. Like it's not based on a comic at all. It's just uh, a uh, well, thing. And I was like, just never got a chance to see it. Catwoman's a whole different ball of wax. Oh, I know, I know. But still, so I give it one space herpes. Um, for many years later, still good and fun to watch. Well, I guess it's a good thing it won Trevor Christensen's, you know, Battle of the Mediocre uh, Movies. <laughs> <laughs> I still feel like a should have been a different movie, but that's neither here nor there. What's your movie, uh, John? My movie is... It's a classic, not in a good way. It is the last of the uh, 80s 3D movies. And that is? Space Hunter Adventures in the Forbidden Zone. Oh so my gosh. I give half points to um, Maximum DT, who thought I was rewatching Space Raiders. You were damn close, sir, but not quite. <laughs> I don't know why that sounds familiar to me. You've probably seen it. It's Molly Ringwald and uh, Peter Strauss. Ernie Hudson's in it. Uh, It is amazing that it's a movie that has Michael Ironsides in it, and he doesn't make the movie better. Yeah. I'm so sad because I really like him. So the whole story is there's a luxury space liner going through a system, looking at stuff. There's an unexpected stellar event that uh, basically causes it to, you know, malfunction and they send everyone's an escape pod, only one escape pod makes it and it's basically three Earth women who are uh, very attractive and they land on this planet that is quarantined because it had a some sort of uh, disease outbreak mm-hmm. and the two medic 
folks that they sent in charge of the medic team, both one decided to take over the planet and become the dictator overdog, played by Michael Ironside poorly. Uh, and the other one, they didn't really do much on the other one. He's in it, but he doesn't really do much. And then Peter Strauss is uh, Wolf, who goes to the system with his android to try and uh, rescue them because it's worth a lot of money. So it's a standard uh, adventure rescue movie, and it's just, it's just not good. <laughs> like it starts off you're like yeah this is okay and they got some decent they made some cool vehicles and some effects and then it just gets worse and worse and you're just like oh that costume's kind of for oh my god that's not good it goes real pitch down e- even even ernie hudson can't bring it out of the out of the gutters there and he's <laughs> music just about everything so i it's free on amazon prime so i'm not gonna say i wasted money but i had did maybe waste a good portion of that hour and a half uh, I did see it a ton when I was a kid I remember liking it better it's not good I would say you're probably better off watching Ice Pirates it is a better movie well duh god damn that hurts to say because Ice Pirates is not a good movie it's such a good movie so but it's fun. it's a good fun movie it's a it's shitty movie but it's good fun. fun it's like watching the Evil Dead 2 yeah, so it, it is like of that sort of genre, that's time of movie, the '83 sort of area. Area, uh, you're really just better off watching any of its contemporaries: Crawl, Battle Beyond the Stars, maybe even Space Raiders, Ice Pirates, oh, crawl all that other stuff. Gone. Is I would probably a crawl again. Yeah, this, this is probably a better call than this. Uh, especially if you've seen this once and you have fond memories, just stick with the fond memories. There's uh, aside from maybe stealing a, a an RPG plot from the basic idea of this movie, which is solid, it just goes fucking downhill afterwards, and no one's giving it their best. Uh, I give this, like, a generous three and a half space herpes. Generous. <laughs> um, uh, it would be better, but there's, you know, Molly Ringwald's in it playing the female lead, and it's a little creepy because she seems kind of young, and she's they don't specify the sort of relationship building between her and Wolf enough to not be creepy. Because <laughs> it's possible to have that relationship where he just feels protective, big brotherish, whatever. But they don't really specify, and it gets a little weird at points, so... Yeah. Creepy. But it does have some occasionally... It has some interesting, you know, special effects, models, and such. Um, it is also hampered by the fact that it was 3D and some things are just like terrible because they're made to be 3D. It's like, oh, they're going to give the, the Earth girls the, the drug to make them compliant. And it's just coming towards the camera. <laughs> like, for fuck's sake, guys. So, there you go. Three and a half shots of three and a half, spa- three and a half space herpes. Uh, space Hunters, Space Hunter Adventures in the Forbidden Zone. If you're bored, you want to put together some models in the background, feel free to watch it on Amazon Prime for free. <laughs> Oh, Gonzo, hit us again. All right. I watched, and of course, the new uh, show on Netflix, Disenchanted, which that's is a. K- do what? Yeah. Because uh, I, I saw it in there and I remembered and I checked my uh, phone. Because every time I watch a movie, I text myself the movie and give it my preliminary star or preliminary herpes and then talk about it. Um, 
I'm about halfway through it, and I could stop now and not watch the rest of it. Um, it's not funny. I have not laughed once in the entire season. Um, I know it's a Futurama in medieval times, and I'm expecting it to be kind of cool and funny and interesting, but I do not get disenchanted at all. I think it's called Disenchantment. Or it, It's called I Would Rather Not Watch the Rest of the Season. Ah, but Mark Mothersborough from uh, Motherborough from uh, Devo did the music. I would say the intro music is really cool. It's interesting and different. I will tell you that. Yeah, hey, um, Mark uh, is really cool, but they're just—it's just not funny. There's there's no really good jokes. There's no good one-liners. There's no you know, aha, we did this. <laughs> it's like, hey, we're doing this. You're supposed to be laughing now. So please laugh. Unpopular opinions. I'm not a huge fan of The Simpsons or uh, Futurama. I, I get some chuckles, but they're not consistently funny to me. I just couldn't get into it i was like it's it's just not funny there's nothing funny about the entire half season i've seen it uh i'll probably watch the rest of it see what i think uh animation is kind of cool when they do the uh exterior of the kingdom and stuff you can tell it's computer generated and 3d uh you know layered so it looks really kind of neat and cool but overall it's pretty boring I mean, I, I literally have not laughed once. Not your thing, huh? No, definitely not. But I'll watch the rest of it because I, I, I'd like to suffer for our fans. A complete well, now that I know that it's live on Netflix, uh, I will give it a shot. I'll look for it and see what I think. Yeah, it's no bueno. Uh, Kathy, you got anything before we go to our big review? No. No? She almost watched Deadpool 2. She I almost, almost watched Deadpool. Watch Deadpool too. <laughs> I want to watch Deadpool too. <laughs> All right, so, um, I guess it's time for our big one. Let's go the ahead. Big and, one. Uh, we okay. Fair warning, guys. We are there. Will be spoilers in this. We are going to talk about it. So, if you don't want us to spoil Ready Player One, get the hell out. And, Five, and four, there may three, be dissension two, in the ranks. One, and there. there's. There most probably will be dissension in the ranks. All right. You've been warned. Here it is. Ready Player One. Kathy. Now, did you read the book? Let's distinguish. Did you read the book, Kathy? A, I did not read the book because okay. I would never do that right before I see a movie ever. <clears throat> because it always, it always will ruin the movie because I'll still have that vision in my head subconsciously even of of how i visualized everything as i'm reading the book <laughs> and b i paid six dollars for this thing so i'm like god damn it i better like this <laughs> <laughs> so so give us before we all discuss and we'll all talk about everything give us your preliminary or your final space herpes my final space herpes was one one Okay. John, did you read the book? No. Okay. Give us your partial space herpes for it. Uh, two. Okay. I read the book, and there's not an amount I can add to this to equivalent how much I hated this movie and space herpes. 
Um, but I have to go, I, and I have to separate my brain from the book to the movie, and the fact that I know that they were just doing it based off of, but I have to give it four and a half because I don't want to give it five. That is entirely an unfair rating, and um, it is entirely so. And, and it's really and it's really predicated on the book. And I hate that I watched the I read the book before I watched the movie because of this reason it, right there. It makes it, it very difficult to separate the two. Correct. Exactly. It is. When I talked about uh, the animated Dragonlance movie, it was much the same thing. And the reason why I didn't watch Constantine because you know it's not true to the source material. But if you can divorce that. You, you can enjoy something. Uh, my biggest problem with this is this is literally just a... It's just more of the same that they've been putting out for forever. It's a, it's a YA... It's a standard YA story, just instead of trying to make it multiple books, he did it in one book, and they did it in one movie, and I give him a hats off for that, but I'll be honest, a lot of the stuff they were disrespecting the main villain, who's one of the best actors in the movie... Well, uh, for is what they're doing in the fucking movie. They're like, oh, you don't really know all this, you know, uh, this pop culture stuff you're talking about. You're just oh, trying the, to get the, the money. Keeping stuff. The, uh... Well, no, the, the, um, Ben Mendelsohn, the, his character. They they say like, oh, you don't really know all the pop culture stuff. You're just having a yeah. team to you, just like you are making this fucking movie. Correct. Um, it's like if you have the right references, you don't need to tell us the reference is. We'll know. Yeah. Do you need to know that that's Akira, the bike from Akira? Nope. Just make your comments and go like, oh, cool, look at that. Maybe it comes up at some point more naturally, but they force that shit in. Like when he's, where's Buckaroo Banzai's suit? I knew what it was. I'm like, oh, shit, he's wearing Buckaroo Banzai's suit. That's awesome. And then they could have put it in a better fashion. And that's sort of the problem. And see, whenever I was watching it, I'm like, okay, I'm taking my head and I'm going, all right, they're going to update it for a younger audience. Because if anybody's read the book or anything knows about it, it's all about 80s pop culture references, 80s music, Rush, you know, all of that stuff from early video game stuff. That's what the entire book is about. They're about everything's about in the thing. And I'm like, okay, they're going to add modern day cultural references like the Halo and, you know, Akira bike and all that stuff. I feel like the reason they explained some of that thing like the Akira bike and. Uh, Buckaroo Banzai is because the main people watching this are younger people and they're not the people like us that, that grew up with that kind of stuff that would recognize it right away. If and you I'm have okay to explain, with that. If you have to explain your pop culture reference you have failed. Yep. You're not supposed to. Let it be in there or work it in, in a more realistic more realistic fashion. Don't just, just, they just exposition dump so much of it. Yeah, I mean, there, there were so many things that they did wrong with this, in my opinion. Like, now, I, I know there are some scenes, I'm looking at the book, and I'm reading the book, and I'm like, okay, they can't put this in the movie. There's no way. It would take too much yeah. long, too time, too time-consuming, wouldn't make sense. It makes sense uh, because they're supposed to separate themselves for, like, months at a time before they find a certain key. You can't do that yeah. in the movie. Um no. There, there's some of the things they would have to show would be licensing nightmares. Correct. Oh, geez, yeah. And they, I mean, I was looking at the credits afterwards, and to look at all of the companies that they, you know, that they did license stuff from, 
all the different video games and all that stuff, all those familiar. Oh yeah, holy shit! Yeah, and Bandai and Capcom and all this stuff. There's this whole long list of all these things. Yeah, there's. Yeah, it's. I can understand that. I can understand that. What I don't like about all of it, and what really turned me off, is they changed up a lot of the things, like the first game. But they're gonna have to. They they See, could have left it. I don't know anything it. about that. Not having read the book, none but, of that bothers me. <laughs> and, and this is the thing: is I understand that people who are fans of the books are always be upset. There's a guy who writes uh, the Hero Games books who dislikes the Lord of the Rings movie. Exactly. Because oh, so many people I know who are like, "Oh my God, they left out this." Like uh, that's fair. This, this, you don't this, have to like Lord it. Lord of the Rings. But even he's realistic. Like I don't like them, but I know that they were well crafted. This and this is this, and I like portions. And, and I understand, Gonzo, you just don't like it because you had all your expectations on being a, a truly faithful adaptation. No, 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 you're, you're getting me wrong. I fully expected them to do some updating. What I don't like is they didn't keep with the storytelling part that it was supposed to be about nostalgia gaming. The first game that they're supposed to play, they're supposed to be this dungeon crawler, and then they're supposed to go in... Uh, and fight for the key, play the old Joust game. And then the second time, they're supposed to role-play the War Games movie. Uh, you're still, you're still you expecting exactly the That book. is expectations, because that race thing for the key was freaking awesome. I thought it was cool. It was cool, it was but it took away from what the reason of why this guy created these games and why there's a race for this key and about the character, because the character was about his nostalgia of liking the old games yeah, and they his character. Yeah, really talk about that in the final game or and in I the think final that was, key. I think that was more than enough. Any more than that, and it gets too heavy-handed and you lose your basic audience. Because no, I'll tell you what, kids nowadays don't fucking care about Joust. Oh, oh, correct, they don't. But why did they include The Shining when The Shining was not even in the book? I actually the thought that was, was an interesting scene. It was actually pretty scene. funny. It's iconic. And it was nothing like the movie The Shining. Oh, yeah, it, it just you know? took elements from it. And I thought it was, that was just like, here's a horror thing. It's scary. And I was actually not expecting that scene to go the direction it went. Yeah, it was... I, I, but it was totally it, way actually, off in the book and completely irrelevant to what the character liked because the reason why you had the movie in there is because it was a movie that he liked as a kid that had significance to his computer gaming this was just like hey fuck it let's just put the shining in there i don't know why no, the shining would the have uh significance to his woman computer too. gaming to begin with that's when he took the woman to i mean it's like i'll be honest every plot element they go through it makes sense on its own all of my problems are outside of that and oh. the beginning is a bit too lackluster at points if it's not See, the in the beginning gaming. for me the, the beginning for me coming from a uh, I never had console gaming as a kid because my parents got us an Apple II plus so we were all just <laughs> DOS gaming um, so I never got to see any of those cool games you know that you get to play on TV like space invaders um, <laughs> so when I saw the beginning, and I love post-apocalyptic kind of, I like the future shock kind of, my god, I can't believe this happening in our fucked up future. Mm -hmm. With, uh, they open with Columbus, Ohio, the stack. And they yeah. zoom out, and it's all of these rubbish stacks of, uh, trailer homes, and I'm like, oh my god, this is like an archaeology of trailer homes. Kathy, you're cutting out a bit. 
uh, the narcology of trailer park. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was really cool. I'm like, I totally believe that, like, that would happen, like, years from now. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and one of the down points of the movie is the too much narration at points. Like I said, about the, a little bit about the clunky narration, let's say. I don't mind narration clunky. He don't have to explain what the stacks are. We see the stacks, we know what they are. We're give us credit. If you're gonna explain your 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 references, do it in a more interesting way. You know, when she mentions uh Artemis mentions when they're in the, the dance club, oh Buckaroo Bonsai, that's great. That's all you need. Yes. You don't have to have it earlier. Right, and right, right. And that's where you get the thing. So I feel like it's about a one shot of Kraken, it could be. But with the with that, and then the fact that as soon as it turns serious and they kill people, that totally destroys the entire, entire feel of the movie. Well, in the book, and this is where we're going into it even more, is in the book, it is about people losing themselves in the game, and then, of course, corporate shields taking over and making money off of it all. And in the, and in the book, they do find out who people are, and they kill them in the book. And they kill him in the book for the reason. It destroys the entire feeling of it. Because you're trying to get the idea, like, okay, maybe this is a, you know, no guns, all that. No, no, no. The book is meant to that. Here's what would happen if you come in, you know, after people. You're going to get fucking shot. Yeah. No, because it is. Because, see, the thing is, is... That's what I was expecting at the end, was when the guy shows up to to go hunting after them, was all the people in the community with their, you know... Yeah, and see, that didn't happen in the book. That doesn't happen in the book at all, where he's riding around in a van in a suit trying to save things. And I don't that, mind that part. And I that, to me, that, that just totally was off. It did not fit. And it didn't fit the movie at the end either, with him walking around with a gun. And I'm like... I actually felt like it did fit, because he's had his fill. He's, he's just been upstage as people. He wants... He's at his wit's end. He doesn't know what the well, fuck I mean, he's going to get a gun. was murdered. No, he's talking about... No, he's talking about the bad guy. The, the villain, ben Mendelsohn. Villain. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah so, he's definitely got a, uh, a personal grudge at this point. It's completely I, personal. So I, I don't mind that. It's the blowing up the stacks in the movie. The blowing up the stacks and killing his fa- killing uh, the main character's family. That is the part that doesn't fit. Well, the thing is, is in the book, he didn't like his family. It doesn't matter. And he but they blew up the stacks. That ruins the entire idea of the movie because this could be a great really sort of kid it movie. So much more serious. At that point, it's serious business. There would it would not be like it was after that. That sort of hurts it. And the only thing it brings it back at that point because I honestly that whole bit gives it a half shot of crack, half, half a space herpy. What what brings it back is just how gloriously amusing the battle is. Yes. Oh, the battle. That was that fun is. to watch. That I, I would say that, that was, was cool. fun to watch, and honestly, I, I would say Gonzo. I know you're trying to say you're divorcing him from the book, but every time you're like in the book, I understand it's not like the book, and I have no problem people who love the book not liking this that much. It's totally understandable, but from a pure movie standpoint, it's better than average, but it's not great. No, in my I, opinion. The combat scene where everybody gets over and everybody fights each other and stuff, that was really good. In the book, it was really good. It was different robots and different things, but it was still oh, yeah. the point of everybody's getting together to take over corporate America and stop corporate America from taking yeah. what they love. And that was great. But like I said, they ruin 
everything through it because they 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 forgot what the story was about. No, you, so you forgot what you think the story is about. Other people in the chat room said they got other things out of the story, so it still holds true for them. And that's that's the thing. A book, you get what you want to what you want to get out of it. You get something out of it, that's what you got out of it. That is awesome. That a book can be taken different ways is double awesome. And yeah. some people are going to be disappointed when it comes out on the screen because it's not getting what you got out of it. Yeah. To me, I think they missed the... They could have kept to the book, taking out the parts that are redundant for the story because there's no need to. But they missed a lot of the key factors of what made the book great. And like I said, I don't have a problem if you update it to the 90s. I don't, I don't have a problem think- if you change the story uh, to current video games, What, which would have been video games for him at a current level. What they missed was that it is about corporate America. It is about two people that fall in love online, and they don't. There, there is no resistance. They didn't build into what the the movie, what the book tried to feel. It was more. Here's a bunch of fan service guys. Um, we don't care about anything else. No, I actually think they put something deeper in it. They just weren't sure what they were doing. They didn't. They they changed the changed the rules a bit, a bit in the middle, and then didn't take that into account for the rest of it. Because it's okay if you have an entire culture change in the middle, and like suddenly this is serious business. That's fine. But the fact that they didn't take that all into account was a problem. Um, I should send you the video of every, the everything great about uh, Ready Player One. I, I think it might help you enjoy. Oh, I've, I've seen all reviews now since I've seen it, and I still disagree with. I still think this was a horrible movie and they missed the complete purpose of what the movie was supposed to be about well, that's fair well, I said I enjoyed it uh, <laughs> didn't regret uh, renting it at all um, I think it has some flaws but they're not they're no more than say the than you know the last Jedi or anything like that it a very very Willy Wonka vibe towards the end. There were, and somebody else said it, it did fall flat in a couple places at the end. Like when when they're in the that chase scene with the van, I thought, uh, you know, where he's trying to put the key in the lock and the van keeps shifting. And I'm like, dude, really? Can yes. we just skip that whole part that, that and get is, to the point? Cause we that's know, classic filmmaking. It's pretty classic Spielberg. That was, and that was needless. I felt that was thing. just needless tension. I feel like you could have made a great, you know, in that 80s vibe kids movie, which would have made it a double throwback, but the violence in the middle of it just sort of hurt the whole thing. Like, that's not okay for a kids movie, and you sort of killed it right there and changed the entire vibe. Well, it's not supposed to be a kids movie, though. It is rated PG-13, so it's not a kids movie. But the rest of the movie is a kids movie. Implied violence, video game violence, no actual violence. Even when they come to get them at the location where they find Artemis and, uh, what's his name, Percival, in the real world, they send guys with tasers. They don't send guys with guns. And see, they're supposed to send guys because even one of the, uh, I can't remember which character it is, um, because there's supposed to be this feel that when they blow up the stacks because they think they kill him, they're going in there to take these guys out because they know that they're probably going to find the key before them. So the corporations, because the corporations control government, because they control debts, they control everything. 
and these corporations are going to kill them to get rid of them so they can own the key. And so they find, you know, his the stacks and blow up the stacks. They also find, and I can't remember which one of the, it's the older um, uh, ninja guy. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Yeah, I, uh, I know the. Yeah, the yeah, older one, not not the younger one. And they, they find him and kill him. Um, oh, yeah. I've been told that, yeah. But that doesn't fit the movie they made. If they did that, they would have, that movie would have been extra shit. I think it would have been better. I, I disagree, because you, then you're just making some standard YA dystopian future bullshit, and we have enough of that. It they fail all the time. On that at, at, at that one, one, well, that, destroying the stacks, I see, could, could be yeah. bordering on that. I just feel like that was... <laughs> Thanks, Justin Barker. The way, if you went all the way from the beginning and made it more dystopian, sure. Or if you went scaled it back and made it more, you know, general PG, sure. Yeah, more lighthearted across the I can understand you, that. You can't walk in the middle like you did. You end up with no one happy and Gonzo really unhappy. <laughs> um, other things I loved, I loved that uh, I think his die is his name turned into a Gundam, and I mean classic Gundam. Oh, that, that was, was awesome. Because cool. yeah. it was classic Gundam. That makes me uh, happy. Uh, uh, a little amount of anime I've ever watched. I really liked the Gundam Wing stuff. This is way previous Gundam. I think that's pretty much classic Gundam, which is cool. They they had their in that battle that was very cool and honestly when it comes out when people put it on youtube that battle is worth watching yeah it is super fun and interesting um overall i think the movie's worth watching but better if it's free i i no i i it's it's one of my highest herpes not a five but definitely up there four Uh, four and a half I but can please understand take Gonzo's, that not uh, meeting the expectation of the books, but I feel like that's, that's a little yeah, that's. I could see three, maybe, if you're disappointed because it didn't meet your expectations. Um, but it's, it is a fun movie. It's a fun movie. I mean, it is even a fun with scenes. All the, the, I mean, you look at freaking... What was the one that you just said, John? The space one and the War of the Gargantuans, and you're putting, you know, maximum <laughs> space herpes on that. It does not deserve no. that. No, but <laughs> it's okay. It's his personal rating. It's all good. Um, I do want to say that Ben Mendelsohn. <laughs> um, <laughs> it is uh, in between Atlantic Rim and Cosmo. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Closer yeah. to Atlantic Rim, though. <laughs> uh, I do think that uh, Ben Mendelsohn and Simon Pegg and the person who played the main game designer uh, all did the best acting jobs, and unfortunately, all the rest of the people didn't have as good of acting jobs, and that kind of hurts a little bit too. Yeah, yeah. I'll say so, that too. Uh, yeah, Mark uh, Mark Rylance plays Anaraxus Holiday. He's great. Um, ben Mendelsohn's great. Simon Pegg isn't it a lot great. T.J. Miller is amusing. Oh, they ruined uh, but, that character too. But, but the main the main characters, you know, Percival, Artemis, and H, and uh, Die and Show were they were okay. They weren't good. They weren't Here, bad. Take your wood, Simon Pegg, Vania. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, Gonzo gives it four and a half. I give it two. Kathy gives it one. So. I was smiling throughout most of it. I had guffaws even at certain points of it. So, you know, if someone's making me guffaw and then tear up a little bit, I call it a win. 
and I have to say the score, not the soundtrack, the score is mediocre as crap. He should have gotten John Williams. Well, you know, so that's the thing is that it's supposed to say that because I was like, I wrote in my notes, who did the score of this? And then there were so many different times when it was reminding me of something else. But when you look through the credits for the sound, you can see that they took stuff from all these different, uh, all these different games and stuff from the 1980s. Yeah, I noticed when when they were doing the actual score at the end, because I walked away with the credits playing and listening, and it was like this is really mediocre score. It's not good. Yeah, and they could have they could have added music for the times and everything to yeah, to make but, it feel it, and it, they they didn't push that envelope of no. music. But to be honest, yeah, yeah. music from the times costs money, and they already spent a ton of money on the references they oh, yeah. Oh, they yeah. spent a shit ton of money, and for for seeing the amount of digital artists that they had on this movie, yeah. Oh my god, that's where it all went. So that and the licensing to all those video game companies of the 1980s. Oh yeah, yeah. So there you go. Uh, see it or not, based on our reviews, that's your choice. Uh, I think that's an episode. <laughs> that is an episode, guys. Thank you for watching. If you haven't done it, hit that follow button up at the top. It really helps us out a lot. Uh, really makes us happy. Uh, also, lets you know when we're doing stuff because not only do we do our stuff on Sunday, on Monday, uh, 10 a.m. Central, uh, Kathy does painting. Wednesday. Monday and Thursday. Yeah. Wednesday, I either do a role playing game or painting depending on what's going to happen. And then Thursday, Kathy, Kathy paints. And I do stuff Saturday kind of irregular because it all depends on Saturday morning. Um, I miss your Friday nights. I'll be honest. I may be the only one, but I miss your Friday nights. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we're going to be doing a lot of stuff. Uh, check out our Facebook page. We have a lot of stuff coming uh, next Sunday. We're supposed to have a special guest. Uh, I'm not going to say anything about it until we're 100% sure. Um, Labor Day weekend, I will not be on. Okay. I'll be at Reaper. Yep, because we may have um, some interesting things coming out. I did get in contact with some of the Dust people, and they have agreed to come on the show. So Actually, we will I have some Dust people. I would love to be here when the Dust people are on. Okay. So not Labor Day weekend. So, so I mean, not Labor Day weekend, please. Okay. <laughs> and what, what, which weekend is that? Uh, two weeks. Uh, yeah, two weeks. Two so weeks. not the second, but the ninth. Get your ass to Mars. No, the second. Labor Day is uh, the Monday of September, so correct. Okay. That weekend. So the 9th. You can do the 9th. I'll tell them that probably the ninth. Oh yes, wait yes. a minute! I have to go to Lone Star Games on the ninth. Oh, maybe the sixteenth. Uh, no, the next weekend after that. Then. Okay, the sixteenth probably. <laughs> okay. Give them plenty of time to get their uh, yeah. get their uh, their ducks in a row. Yeah. We'll yeah. get it around if they said it. So other than that, guys, for more than nice, I'm Gonzo. I'm John. I'm Kathy. Good night, people. Good night. Good night, Gracie. <laughs> That's old school. I don't think half our fans get that. I don't think anybody does. Yeah. I get it. That's why I like He's my best friend. He's your best friend. <laughs> I try and get all the references. If I don't get references, I look them up. No. <laughs> uh, there will George be... Burns. George Burns was great. George yeah. Burns was Amazing, and uh, he was also God lo- Morgan Freeman. Well, that's true. That's true. That was I, probably the first incarnation of George Burns that I saw was as God. Yeah, uh, pretty much. When we, 
back when we first got uh, cable TV in um, 1982. 